I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What are you doing? Hi, I'm Wes, and oh, I've got to go. Already. I'm so not sure I Skip three is worth what a pleasure. Yeah. Just to binge watch your I hope the flight was comfy. Yeah. Do you think that he got paid? He must have. I mean, like, but it's one day or something. Yeah. Where's he? I wish there was war. Not war, but like, <laughs> as opposed to. Where's his war? Where's his war? Wait, there's something. That's good, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's where's this gold? <laughs> Should I do the intro? Yeah. Bula! Hello, welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, uh, Bachelor Australia, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise podcast, hosted by what I think we can conclusively say are not the two worst men in or connected to the Bachelor franchise. That's that's particularly true. Mm-hmm. I think I would. Uh, there may have I would been say some that doubt. You know, we might be bottom half, <laughs> right. but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matty J. Well, yeah, there are good ones. Apollo. Yeah, we like Apollo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And many more. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> my name's Xavier Obesky Noon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Max Quinn. Hello. Our co-hostess with the mostess, Kelly Don Helmrich, is still away on tour in the US. Isn't it co-hostess with the mo-hostess? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. yeah. Still good. Uh, Xavier, <laughs> what a week in paradise. <laughs> I think we started out with quite a bit of... Uh, uh, all right, well... <laughs> It was a big week in paradise. I kind of, I kind of hated it. I think it kind of sucked a lot. Yeah, uh, we're coming off one of I think the best weeks in paradise, mm. and we saw a whole lot of shitty behaviour uh, this week, and not a lot of those moments that made me really uh, gooey on the inside. Right. Yeah. I think last week was characterised by a couple of those that was like, wow, this this stuff is really possible, and we have these moments now and then, and it feels great. Yeah. And we go, this is a romance show about love and kissing and. This time it was like, this is a horrific, abusive <laughs> show about torture. Uh, both of people on the show and the audience. Oh, boy. Yeah, there was... I mean, I will say it's addictive viewing. Yes. Right? Like, I couldn't turn away from any of these moments, and that's the beauty of Paradise. I, I wanted to, though. Yeah, you know? and I do I do think... Um, I was doing a bit of reading about, as I like to do, just scanning the trade. Sure. Uh, and looking at how well this season is doing. Oh, yeah, tell um, me about ratings this. Ratings-wise, um, you might not be too surprised to hear that it's been a big dip Oh, since last year, especially. Um, I mean, obviously, last year was the first season of Paradise, and I think they had a lot of like people just curious about what was going on. This time, it's gone down by like 150,000 viewers. Shit. And I think part of that is this like negativity that it seems like we're mired in, at least at the moment. Um, but I think it's been a pretty rough week for like I just imagine someone being like, "Oh, okay, my colleagues have been telling me about this show around the water cooler. Mm-hmm. I'll flick it on." And then you just see like horrific like gaslighting men like being abusive and uh, you know, not that much like fun levity or romance stuff happening. It leans harder towards the drama, I think, this season than it does towards the playfulness that we have experienced before in Paradise. Yeah. I will say, um, I think maybe part of that is that we are 
moving more and more towards a streaming age. Like I can just say just personally, mm. I haven't caught any of these episodes live, but I've streamed them all in three episode chunks. That's a really good point. Yeah. That viewing habits are just changing. Every the way that everyone is consuming everything is different and like for me, I've really enjoyed the binge of this. Really? I've loved um you know, it's a Friday night or a Saturday night and my girlfriend and I are hanging out and we put on four and a half hours of paradise. <laughs> yeah. Because I will watch a regular episode and feel like it's taking four and a half hours. Yeah. I can only imagine like all of that condensed like emotion. Like I've, I've, I've certainly done that before. Yeah. Um, and I think I've taken the liberty of being busier this year, <laughs> which means that I don't do that to myself quite so often. But I think viewers of our podcast would have, um, listeners even, would have probably noticed at times that that manic energy has been what's fueling the podcast. Certainly. Of like, we, I crammed in all this shit and now it's brought up my brain to hell. Yeah, and there is so much to consume, mm. right? Mm. And it is, it is brain rotting, but at the same time, it's sort of like, I think that consuming it in that one block allows you to sort of process it but week by week, that's what I've really liked about it. Yeah. Rather than this episodic, I have to wait to see what happens. I have to wait to see what happens. Yeah. Now you just kind of get it all in one chunk. I'm explaining streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, you've got to check out streaming. <laughs> if you have been, um, what, going to your local record shop and buying the vinyl disc of the podcast, yep. there is now a better way. Maybe some of you are still camped outside of a blockbuster or something <laughs> like that. Waiting for their rentals? Yeah. I saw a Civic in... Launceston not that long ago so okay. they still exist yeah yeah mm. I think there are top videos out there in like oh. um, regional you know <laughs> shouts out if you're working at a record shop I mean no not a record shop <laughs> a <laughs> fuck you video. apparently if you work at a record <laughs> shop if you work at a video rental place she give us a give us a five star review on iTunes <laughs> yeah. why not hey even <laughs> if you don't um, <laughs> okay hey uh, it's time to cover up some of the big headlines in paradise this week mm. I think there were two themes that really really jumped out the first one that i want to cover off is just the wash up from bill's big gaslighting adventure that dominated a lot of the storytelling last week yeah so we here we are sitting and talking about how nice and fun it was last week there was this horrible shit that happened yeah um, um but it was sort of left on that knife edge of we needed the further episodes to be able to discuss it more fully yes now we have the full context and the full experience of what's happened and mm. it kind of feels like bill's almost gotten away with this yeah, so I think that's part of why this feels like a bit of a bummer week. Is yeah. Like, that was definitely hanging over us and being like, okay, well, this nightmare is uh, in progress and we will see consequences and we will see reparations. And it kind of, I don't know if Richie was there with his broom, but it feels like <laughs> it maybe got swept under the rug. Well, it, I think that the show willfully did that and we'll get to that in a minute. I want to recap first because Bill is... The worst. Yeah. If you don't recall, he was dating Rachel and Alex Nation at the same time, but lied to both of them about it, slept with Alex Nation, then went on a date with Flo and tried to sleep with her. And when it all came out in the last episode that Bill was pathologically playing both of these women off against each other, he turned on Flo, calling her a piece of shit and a conniving bitch in an attempt to win Alex back. So that's, that's real quotes too. Yep. Like, you know, we're not editorializing here. No, there's there's nothing there. And it continues now with a confrontation at the bar where Flo tries to call Bill out on his shit. And Bill forcefully says to Flo, you're so malicious that you're trying to make bullshit up. You're malicious and it's obvious, Flo, because I didn't give you a rose and it didn't go your way. 
I didn't say that and I and you know it and it's bullshit. You're being malicious and it's selfish and bullshit. Later he says to Nathan, she's fucking malicious and she's an idiot. Now what this week mouthful. this week I started eating all brand, <laughs> which is malicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. I don't have any. Were you full of shit? <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's truly awful. Like Bill is, I think it's added to by the fact that um, Bill has come out in the media this week and been talking about how he's being misrepresented and how like um, the the dip in ratings are like the producer's fault because they keep doing bad editing to make it seem like he's being bad and that sort of thing, which is like truly. These are long, unedited takes of him like verbally abusing people. Like, there's yeah. no, I don't, I don't understand what context could possibly explain this situation away. There's no cuts away, which is such a significant part of this. We're seeing Bill's tirades as they come through mm. in what can only be like an abridged form, which right. is the scary thing. Like, if there are cuts, yeah. they're cutting away from something else, like another part of what he has said. Mm. I, it, it's on TV, but it also kind of constitutes emotional abuse, right? I would think so. How do you feel about the show's decision to put all of this out there? Like, Bill has a problem with it. Mm. Do you? Um, I mean, I have a problem... I don't know. Because there's, you come into this thing about, like, are we spotlighting it for the right... Right, <laughs> you know, like is is the meta commentary that the show is making that this behavior is not okay? Is that enough to cover for its own sins in like essentially putting it in people's homes, facilitating and, and, like, it, facilitating it, and uh, you know, triggering its audience potentially, and you know, all sorts of negative feelings that can come out from that? Um, I don't know if it's worthwhile. Like there were times this week watching this kind of stuff when I was thinking to myself, like. Hey, MasterChef starts next week. That's got to be better, right? <laughs> like, maybe we just change lanes and... Man, it's like, there's a legitimate statement of victimhood from Flo in this, where she says, telling the truth is scary. I'm the only one telling the truth. It's exactly what Jake did to me. Jake Ellis from last yeah. season. Lying to my face and acting like I'm a liar. That is the definition of gaslighting. Right. This is some, some weird shit. I do take your point that it's probably good that the meta commentary exists within the show that this man is doing this stuff. The point where I don't know if the show is doing the right thing is what happens next with Bill and Alex Nation. Basically, Alex grows wise to the fact that Bill has kept flow in paradise thanks to Zoe. She confronts Bill and Nathan about this. She says, someone is making stuff up and making me look like a fucking idiot. I want to call him out. I want to call Bill out on it. Mm. Bill and Nathan come out of this conversation looking like stunned mullets. Yeah. Although I'm not sure what Nathan has to do with it. Uh, he maybe is caught up in the crossfire, although I think maybe he played some role in like the voting, oh. well, not voting, but the rose ceremony, like rigging or whatever. The facilitation of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chatting to flow. He was, uh, um, and maybe it was just that he didn't do anything to stop it. Or, yeah. Yeah. So as if Bill's gaslighting of three women so far isn't enough, he then gaslights Cass and the entire fucking nation by saying, I think actions speak louder than words. Would I really want to explore something with Flo? Yeah. And it's like, buddy, we all had to sit here and watch that. We watched you yeah. do it. Yeah. You were in a pool. I can't believe it. Yeah. I, Bill says to Alex, on our date, I told Flo about me and you. Immediate editing flashback to the very pool you speak of. Mm. 
and Bill's saying the exact opposite to Flo right. on their date, yeah. where he's like, I don't know if anyone's waiting up for me. I'm a popular man. So it's like, I guess maybe this is the editing that he's complaining about, where where he's saying that it's misrepresenting him, but really he has misrepresented himself. And the editing is, in my opinion, quite cleverly yeah. showing those two things back to back. It's splicing them, yeah. yeah. Um, this is the bit, though, where I kind of have the problem, mm. because Alex and Bill are given a date card. It's a clear attempt to stir up more drama. I, hate I this. get it. Yeah. Because but, they're yeah. This is when they're trying to resolve it, yep. right? I guess, or when Alex is trying to call him out, and then a date card just kind of appears, and it's like, well, uh, distraction, like you know, yeah. Oh, I'm but not- also, it's it's is it a distraction or is it like they're trying to c- call even more attention to it by putting them in an enclosed space together for a long period of time, and that's the thing that happen. I'm really not comfortable with is. Uh, putting Alex, who is at this point, uh, we can say it, she's being portrayed to have been gaslighted, maybe yeah. abused. Yeah. Um, she's clearly a victim of like manipulation, uh, yes. and you know, we'll go you with wanna, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the show's kind of putting her in this this situation. Mm. Bill claims that he's going to fight for his relationship with Alex. They end up on a batchy couch after a very painful drive, and this. Shit stained asshole of a and man. And the thing, okay, just to go back to that drive, <laughs> yeah. it's not even good TV. Like, it's like they capture probably 30 seconds of them just sitting extremely uncomfortably in a car together. Alex says, I want to go home and be with my son, and Bill is whistling. Yeah. That's all you get. And it's like, uh, no one is enjoying this. Yeah. They, they, I saw it, like, they captured a little gif from it, and they're like, uh, when your Uber driver doesn't say hi back to you or something. Like Ooh. It was like something like that. I was like, this is not fun. No. No one's having a good time here. I don't think that the right thing to do also is to look at this as a gifable moment. Right. <laughs> this is. Uh, I mean, not just for its complete lack of like visual, you know, stimulus or action. Totally, but also like it's really the uncomfortable. Situation and the context is really important to this yeah. scene. Bill then says, "I can definitely see myself falling in love with you. I'm super excited to eventually leave with you, introduce you to my friends and family, and even normal stuff like walking the dog at the dog park." At this point, I'm like. Is he in on the joke? Like, it, who is he going to run into at the dog park? Well, is it yeah. Flo? He, when he says normal stuff, like walking at the dog park, it feels like he's dog whistling. Yeah. Like, this is some, like, I don't know. He the, he means something else. He's trying to, like, activate his, like, secret uh, fan base of miscreants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there is like a 4chan uh thread somewhere about right. um the uh Kafka subtext of Right. Yeah. Right. This is not a dog pipe. Oh wait. <laughs> dog park? <laughs> this is not a dog park. <laughs> um sorry, the the crazy thing about all of this is that it then works. Yeah. They kiss um and for like, Bill gets a rose from yeah, Alex. Yeah. And for most of the rest of the screen time this week, even though Alex says she's on her guard, mm. it's like nothing's happened. Yeah. And there's no, like, accountability. And no. there's no... Well, accountability. Uh. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's no, like... Yeah. You just want some of this stuff to be discussed in a slightly more, like, meaty way. Um, obviously, it's wonderful that we are here. So <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we can break these things down. <laughs> I uh, you, you want it to be discussed in a meaty way on the show, though. Right, because like they get all of the 
um, you know, they sell ads based on the fact that this stuff is happening. Like they get controversial headlines and pieces written about it and stuff like that. But it's like, if you have that, uh, what's the word? Um, if you have that many eyes on you, yeah, I don't know. You need to do something with it, you know. Right. If, if you're going to address these things, you need to address them responsibly. Well, you need to, yeah. Like it needs to be more than something that is gleaned from, like, oh ho ho, I know what is going on here. Mm. There needs to be uh, some semblance of this is not okay, and saying that kind of directly. I mm. think part of the problem with this is that Bill has done such a good job of tying up all his loose ends, mm. making Flo out to be the bad guy, convincing Alex Nation otherwise, um, that maybe there there simply isn't anyone left to call it out. Right. And I think reality TV as a whole is kind of engineered on this because it wants you to, be, to react to it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it thrives off and what makes it so addictive. But they're also, I think, there's a responsibility for some level of editorializing of, you know, it's enough, like, it's not enough to show these people being villainous. Totally. And, you know, make them, like, you know, we need to address what exactly is wrong with these behaviors. Why is it wrong? Yeah. Precisely. Rather than just, like, putting some, yuck, like, thundering drums underneath <laughs> it and calling it a day. Yeah. Like, we get that part. But, you know. There's more to be said. And I think that... This is one of those those instances where it's important to say more and hopefully there's an after the final rose kind of deal mm, or mm. there's uh, something from the show to break this down a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I want like an Osher Ginsburg or, a, or even a Weiss. Like yeah. his role has been so minimized this year, um, which is such a shame be- just because I personally liked him. But also like it would be great to have some kind of like, you know, narrator or like, you know... <laughs> I don't know what these characters are called necessarily all the time, but like someone to commentate or someone in confessional to be able to really give the lay of the land as far as this is concerned and someone Mm. to explicitly call it out because unfortunately we're not being presented with that perspective. And I think that's what's missing from this. And it's annoying because it's like that stuff is being served elsewhere. Yeah. Like you're getting really good commentary, really good perspectives from someone like Alicia on the stuff that's going on with her. Yeah. But if neither, or if none of the people who are involved in this controversy are doing that in their um, talking heads or whatever, there's just no opportunity to reflect on it. And I wonder if they're being asked the question. I assume that they are. Mm. And maybe it's just, uh, cut for time or you know uh doesn't make the drama as dramatic yeah i guess it takes away some of the potency yeah or it leans or it becomes too potent Mm. you know um and and that's also probably something that from a tv audience maybe they're they have to sell ads yeah well that's true because they're probably scared to to really get into the nitty-gritty yeah uh unfortunately that's not the only big talking point this week in paradise Mm. We should also cover Ivan's possessive obsession over Tennille as yeah. a big theme. Mm. Can we start with just your opinion of Ivan, please? Because I think that we have seen his delusion of grandeur hit new heights. Yeah, so I think we were in his corner to begin with because we thought he was understanding his strengths and we thought he was playing to them and we thought he had a fairly sort of sound understanding of himself as a character. I think that may have slipped away or perhaps we were led to believe that that was there when in actual fact it wasn't. 
Um, and at least from the portrayal that we've seen this week, but also, you know, all of his behavior in mm. retrospect sort of seems to under, uh, to underline this. Uh, he's bad. <laughs> I don't think he's good. Well, this is, this is where it gets confusing because last season with Ali, he was presented kind of as this like avocado pit blending joke. You know, mm. it was kind of like, haha, he's a dancer and he wants to dance in the next installment of a film franchise that has been <laughs> dormant for five years, shown <laughs> no signs of going into production for another movie. <laughs> he thinks that this will somehow only take three months before he can return home, move to Adelaide and have five kids in the order boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. <laughs> there were a few things to like about him. Let's be real here. As much as he has come out as like a shit stain this week, like we're not, we're not crazy for having life this guy. Okay? We're a lot of reasons. <laughs> we were like, because it made me go and research the Step Up YouTube series yeah. that they were doing or yep. whatever. Like, we've had good times. Even last week, we had like an incredible Photoshop <laughs> that Evie made that was just like a wonderful time. It was We great. put it on Instagram. Mm. And then, like, the next day, this episode aired where it was like, oh, no. The most unpleasant. <sighs> this season, we've seen what happens when he quote unquote gets the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like the end of his step up movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unpleasant. Tanil makes so many attempts to get the point across that she is just not interested in Ivan. Uh, or, like, at least as interested as he is in her. Right. It seems like she's willing to explore their connection or whatever. Yeah, but it's also, paradise. she keeps mentioning that it's been, like, two days or whatever. Yeah. Which is great because, like, on this show, they don't normally talk about it that much. Yes. They like to pretend that this is taking place over a longer period of time, so it doesn't seem all fake and weird. Mm. But... In these situations, it's like, this has to be addressed. And Tennille's presented elsewhere in the show as really reasonable as well, because like even when she's talking to uh, soon-to-be-introduced Canadian Daniel, she says, look, I'm just looking for something, see if it's a good time, see if it can work on the outside world. Yeah. She has no like intention of falling in love and having boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, let's just... I just want to count how many times Tennille on the show rebuffs Ivan... And see what his response is. Yeah, okay. So, run okay, you ready? Run him down, yeah. Ivan asks if Tanil wants to rub oil on him. She says no. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. They're lying together in the hammock, and she tries to walk back to the dorm saying, I'm fine alone, and he says, but I worry about you. Ding. Ivan breaks into Tanil's room and waits on her bed for her to finish using the toilet. She gets frightened and he laughs. I hated that. It that was, was so, so creepy. So bad. And it followed like this direct conversation with American Alex where previously Tanil's opened up to American Alex. We're going to call him Amex from now on because that's what Twitter's been calling him. Someone on Twitter, I can't remember who. I feel bad, but I think it's spreading. Yeah. It's fucking great. Amex, that's yeah. his name. So Tanil says to Amex, like, I'm really uncomfortable with this dude. And Amex tries so hard to set him straight. And mm. he's like, just back off, dude. Just back off. And he walks straight into her room and sits on her bed while she is pooing. Yeah. You hear a big... I think they boosted the volume of the flush. It sounded like a, like something we would do. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real sound It's board. very funny. Mm. Okay, so that's three. Do you think there are more? Uh, that's got to be it, right, Max? <laughs> Tanil says, would you be open to spending time with other people? And Ivan says, no. And she's like, are you listening? And then he says, I literally love everything about you. At one point, Nathan is going to take Tanil away for a date. And Great, Ivan cool. says to him in front of variety. everybody... You should be afraid. Threatening him from choosing his girl. Yeah. Ooh. Like, I want to laugh because it's you saying it. And I yeah. I think it's like, 
laughable. It's to... comical to put them one after the other as yeah. well. I'm doing it deliberately. Yeah, but also like all of this stuff is so fucking horrifying. The cumulus of it is like we're not finished. Yeah, do you know what I mean? In the hammock, Tanil asks Ivan to back off and not show affection. She and... like for the what fifth, sixth time, she's like, I'm going to explain this all to you very like calmly. Gently. Yeah, and in a way that I'm sure you will understand. There is no confusion about this. Um, I just cannot handle this right now. Um, I think you're nice. Or whatever. Like, she's burying it in compliments. Yes. The way that people will do when they want to spare your feelings or yep. whatever. And he doesn't hear it. He chooses not to listen. He responds to it by holding her hand and kissing her on the head. Right. Tanil again asks him to stop, saying, what did I just say? Before asking him to treat her as if he had known her for six days, which is the actual length of time. Right. He has a confessional in which he explains that he just can't help himself. What do you think of that? <laughs> what do you think I think? What I guess what I'm asking is like, what does it say that she is saying all of this stuff and he is just ignoring her? You know? Is this common? I would not be surprised if yeah. people wrote in to tell us that it was. Uh, I think this stuff is pretty widespread. I think it doesn't excuse it in any way. No. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty harrowing. I think the thing that uh, I think Ivan might be maybe an extreme example of it, but sure. I think the undercurrent and the thing that is maybe more common across across relationships mm. is that he is placing the burden of his feelings upon her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he is sort of like you're responsible for my feelings, and yeah. I can't help myself. And why would I stop? Because you're the person who I lo- love. I yeah. literally love. I have about chosen you. to love you. Yeah. So you've got to deal with that. Precisely. You know? yeah. 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 So it's like and it takes away it. all of her agency. Agency is another thing that I think comes up a few times. Mm. And and it truly like she doesn't seem to have any free will on the show at yeah, all. That's like, it. Like we were talking about this a tiny bit w- when she appeared last week. Was like you know she she is being objectified. I guess like the focus is on her looks, um, but not so much on her wishes and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that definitely seems to be carrying across. Maybe it's slightly less of like a lingering sort of male gaze sort of thing. And maybe now it's just like she is not being asked what she wants to do in almost any you know, situation. And when she is, or when she is able to express what she wants to do, it's being completely ignored. That's right. Yeah. So that covers the obsessiveness. Mm. The possessiveness is somehow worse. Yeah. Um, we know that Jules is interested in Tennille mm. and he attempts to bring this up with Yvonne. Mm. Yvonne attempts to stronghand Jules out of it before deciding that he is so upset that he needs to go and have a bit of a dance to calm down. Now this is, let's be real, pretty great. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I think it's the funniest moment <laughs> yeah. uh, this week. Watching him uh, calm down in exuberant dance. I the love that they're allowed to have headphones. And yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's that many people who are actually exercising that, right? But Ivan's like, I cannot live without the dance. It's <laughs> overtaken me yet again. He's <laughs> like a, a werewolf. The like aggressive breathiness right. of the dancing is what makes it so good. The fact that they've pulled out all the other sounds mm-hmm. and all you hear is like this mouth movement. <laughs> it's really good. In confessional, Ivan says of Tennille, she's my territory to be marked. Jules needs to stop playing with my stuff. Like, what can you even say? I, There's nothing... Like, this, this is the 
sort of I I'm hesitant to use this phrase because I think it gets bandied about a lot. Mm. But in this situation, I'm going to use it. It's toxic mas- masculinity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it's it's so it's so toxic. I mm. don't know what to how to express to you if you don't already know that that is not your possession. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, and Ivan then literally marks his territory um, by actually dancing on her. Yeah. Um, expressing himself maybe the only way he knows how. Yeah. This is an interesting thing I was thinking about where, like, he has this, like, quite expressive... Like, this is a passion that he has pursued and presumably it's not the most, like, alpha male sort of pursuit that one might have had throughout their years. True. Um, so I wonder, like, obviously this is armchair psychology and, like, reading into it too much or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but maybe he is expressing so much of his feeling in that way that he feels that, like, it doesn't... Or, like, you yeah. know, he is, he is so in touch with... He has convinced himself that this is the way that he is in touch with himself. Yeah. And so, you know, his actual personal development has maybe suffered. Yeah. I should note... Tanil says, weirdly, it's working. Uh, uh, speaking of his striptease on her. Right, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. It is at this point that everyone realizes that there's no redeeming anyone on this godforsaken hell island. <laughs> and she gives him her rose. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, it's difficult to tell what's actually happening here. I guess I always come back to that. But I'm like, you know, uh, people who are controlling and manipulative do get results. Yeah. Like, that's not part of the problem. With, yeah. I mean, you know, like, that it, it it fools people and, you know, people wind up in situations outside of their control and that sort of thing. So we don't know necessarily that she is, like, forgiving him or anything like that. Totally. Um, and I don't think we should necessarily forgive him just because she has. No. Uh, I think we should look at his actions, um, you know, somewhat in a vacuum uh, and hope that, no one of us in our real lives ever um, pursue this same line of action. The other thing that, um, speaking to that, I guess, the other thing that a lot of the men bring up is that Ivan is a physically intimidating dude. Oh, yeah. He is huge. Yeah. He's, um, no spoilers, but he is the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I'm not spoiling it. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, you didn't hear it from me. Mm. Unfortunately, we're not done. Mm. In walks Candan. <laughs> is that the fun name for him? Yep, Canadian Daniel. I don't know if he's worthy of a fun name. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to say hello to him in a moment. Mm. Avan, he's somewhat yeah. less bad. I mean, just in contrast with everyone else. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I Let's don't not know. rank anyone on a scale because we're just going to get into semantics here. Candan uh, is outwardly bad. Yeah. Ivan insists that, but Ivan doesn't see that he's doing anything wrong, and yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Um, Ivan insists that Tanil is his. And later brags to Tanil that she isn't chosen to go on a date with Candan because of his interference. Yeah. After Daniel is given a second date card and again doesn't choose Tanil, Ivan comments that he is dodging bullets like Neo from The Matrix, mm. which if that isn't a line from an Australian hip-hop song, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it is now. What rhymes with Matrix? Uh, Crate Tricks. Great tricks. Great tricks. Yeah. Oh, that actually is pretty good. Mm. All right. Our new single's coming out next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for Tanil. Yeah. She sits Ivan down. Uh, she calls it off. She's gentle still. She says, I do like you and I'm jo- I enjoy spending time with you, but the whole thing happened so quickly and I'm sorry, but I want to call it off. Yeah. And Ivan is bewildered. Yeah. Like, he does I not g- see this coming. This is probably the sixth, seventh time that she's tried to explain the situation to him. Yeah. And basically, she's like, I'm lit- I'm sick of having to, like, 
take this like brick off the accelerator. Yeah. You know, um, and trying to talk sense into you over and over again. Yeah. We just have to stop. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he, um, notices there's a camera filming him and he cries, uh, and cries. But uh, this is before, is that when he was, when he has his long silence? Yes, this is his long silence, right. basically. So he just sits there and says nothing to her. He says three words. All right, nope, and no. Mm. And she's like, do you want me to say anything else? Are you... Because he doesn't respond okay? in any way. He yeah. doesn't make any kind of movement or whatever. So it's like, I don't know. It just he, shuts down. Is he playing like the world's greatest heartbreak card mm. or whatever? I don't understand. This is very performative in a very still kind of way, but he's making the choice to completely not engage with this as he has done with virtually every other criticism or, yeah. you know, feedback that she has given him along the way. And here's the particularly cooked part. Tanil then cries. Yeah. Ivan has placed the emotional burden of his feelings on Tanil to such an extent that we sort of feel like this too might be abusive behavior, mm. you know? Mm. Um, we're in a hard and fast era of change, Dave, and Ivan is line dancing all the way back to the 1950s. Truly. He sulks in the hammock. He doesn't even want to talk to Bill. Um, understandable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give him the choice. I would also opt out um, if possible. Yeah. And then in confessional, he says, Tanil has broken my heart. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> the producer says, how long have you been together? And he says, um, I think it's been about a week. <laughs> He then threatens to leave. Are we in year seven? So he knows. He's aware. <laughs> he doesn't think there's some kind of time travel thing happening or something. Like he does. He's aware that it has been a like. I pity. I I have so much hope in my heart that the people that he knows in his actual life, perhaps for a week, uh, are not dealing with this kind of situation yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Because I know, like this, this is a pattern. Like this is learned behavior. This stuff, and it's not probably not just him either. Like, yeah, yeah, it's really gross. Later, he seeks condolence. Finally, in the arms of Bill. Ah, watch this scene again mm -hmm. if you want to watch a man not know, have so many feelings, and not know how to deal with them. Yeah, right. Mm. So he, Bill, runs after Ivan, and then Ivan runs away from Bill, and Bill's like, "Come here, get back here!" And then Ivan walks away in another direction. <laughs> It's like he can't process his feelings. <laughs> it's like it's Scooby Doo when they're running in and out. Totally. Of <laughs> it's. I mean, it's sad because Ivan is clearly feeling the weight of heartbreak, mm. but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I don't feel, and I don't think you are meant to feel sorry for him in this situation, given the exhibition that he has put on over the last seven days <laughs> with Daniel. <laughs> right. Those are our very heavy headlines of the week. In a moment. We will get to the rest of the action with all of our Paradise couples. I like that we, we try and think of these headlines and we're like, look, okay, there's clearly some big ones and they're clearly very dark. Is there like a light, fun one? And then thinking back, it's like, no, not really. Oh, 80 to 100 people <laughs> is what Bill says his number is. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I guess. No I mean, judgment. Look, yeah. I mean, do we think it's true? Don't know. <laughs> Like, we know that he likes to move on quickly, but I don't know if you asked those 80 to 100 people whether they had a meaningful <laughs> relationship with Bill, how much they would uh, agree with that. Well, I mean, Bill can't even admit to having any meaningful relationships. So. That's the thing. Yeah. He should. Well, I mean, is he talking about, yeah, 80 to 100 people, 80 to 100 dogs? What do you do? Mm. 
with an arts degree. Um, Jules and Alicia, Flo and Mac, all of the big names still to come. Um, but to isn't do that... It, okay, isn't it interesting that it is in uh, no small part become kind of an Alicia-focused show? Yeah. I would say, like, she is really the big breakout. Like, I don't think necessarily anyone would have picked... She was, like, one of two or three people in, like, a group who were uh, secondary if not tertiary characters on her season. Certainly. And now it's like she's got the most sort of emotional investment in her story, I would say. And as much as she was upset that Kat left Paradise this season, yeah. it was the best thing for her development as a character. Right. And right. as a person on TV. Totally. I can just see those Instagram numbers skyrocketing. Oh, yes. Congratulations <laughs> to our follow count of the week. <laughs> <laughs> To get there, we need to say some hellos and goodbyes. Fantastic. Hello. Hello. Uh, bye-bye. Goodbye. Firstly, it's a big hello to Mac. Oh, he's back. Do you remember McCain? Yeah, of course. He's done it again. He has. He is back in paradise. He Can says, I just say he's yeah. back in... He's Mac in... Wait, wait. <laughs> he's Mac in Mac? Yeah, he's Mac in Mac. <laughs> Mac in Mac! <laughs> I hit the Mac! <laughs> um... He says he's been in two serious relationships since Last Paradise. Wait, that Amy Winehouse album, uh, Back to Mac? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, <good>. go on. <laughs> um, Mac to the Future. I have, like, two more of these. Let's go. Mm. Shit. Mac, <laughs> 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 um, his opening confessional, he says, Love is what makes the world go round. And also what he can give to the world. Do you agree, Zave? Because I kind of think that Matt could give the world a fucking break. <laughs> I was going to say, like, mm, actually, the thing that makes the world go around is, like, the gravitational pull of the... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, okay. Anyone who's listening to this podcast will be like, Zave doesn't know what makes the world go around. No. Um, again, we see his song that he sang to Sophie Mack, <laughs> Monk. On the way... Did you say Sophie Mack? I did say Sophie Mack. <laughs> he will never live this down. No. I adore the fact that, like, years and years and years from now, like, he will be in a retirement home and someone else will, like, <laughs> wheel over to him and be like, you're that one with the... you you me, me. I wrote the lyrics down. Okay, Finally. Great. Yeah. They are you, me, yeah, you and me. Six word stories, Ave. Wow. For sale. <laughs> Max song never written. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. I reckon we could cover it. My main question about all of this is why is Mac here? Uh yeah. <laughs> well, if you watch these episodes, they didn't really give me that much of an answer. No. Because like he's not invested in the story in any way i don't no. think anyone really wanted to talk to him i feel kind of bad yeah i mean like he was that's the thing his whole thing was being kind of creepy stalkery obsessive like over sophie monk right yeah so we're interested to see if he can transfer that onto someone else i guess basically like what we saw last paradise was his possessiveness over leah even though leah was oh, not that interested right. yeah and then all that we saw of his time with sophie monk was that he had a huge crush on sophie monk the celebrity and singer in the band bardo right but had no ability to talk to sophie monk the person so it's like we know that he is not a romantic character yes like he as a person 
This feels so disgusting. <laughs> he will never know love, <laughs> is what I'm essentially saying. <laughs> to, to the point that Mac notes in one of these episodes that he has now been in three seasons of The Bachelor <laughs> and has never been on a date. <laughs> like, all respect to the guy for having another crack at oh, it. Good on him. But also, like... Man, there's a pattern forming here. You have to have seen the way that you were portrayed on these other seasons. I love also that his confessional is like the the very start of how we are introduced or reintroduced to Mac here. He's like, I've been in two serious relationships since Last Paradise. Mm-hmm. He's like, they exist. Hey guys, there are ask women anybody. Who are in me. Yeah, she goes to another school. <laughs> but it's like, is this his way of like? You know, because people come on Paradise and they hope for, like, a rebrand or something. Yep. You know, they get a new, an, another pass at the way that you're presented on TV. Because otherwise you'll just be remembered forever for as the Yumi Yumi moving guy. Yep. And it's like, he's doing the same exact the same. shit. Yeah. Um, I want to set the over-under on dates that Mac goes on this Paradise mm-hmm. at a half a date. You're going <laughs> over or under. Um, I reckon maybe they... Oof, do you reckon they give him a date card? No. Like, as just a way to... No. I reckon it's zero. Yeah. I don't think that he gets a date card. Yeah. I feel happy about it, but I Because I, I don't see anyone else getting a date card and going, I know who I'll bring. <laughs> McCain. <laughs> All respect to the guy. I just... He's not there. True. But um, he is there. Yeah. Which is the curious part. We'll get to his uh, turbulent relationship with Flo in, sure. in just a moment. Yeah. But first, Caroline is here. Okay. So Caroline exists. <laughs> she <laughs> does. Mac. She is from the American Bachelor Ari season. Yeah. And she is best friends with former US Bachelorette Becca. Yes. That was kind of her in, I believe. I think so. Um I did oh, I should have looked up on the website what her original like um you know three famous people I'd like to meet or whatever it was. I have them. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, this is great. Okay, she tell me about She says her it. heroes are Ellen, Amy Poehler, and Chelsea Handler. Okay, so she rules. She rules. Uh, she was Miss Teen Massachusetts in 2008 and what? Miss Massachusetts in 2014. She even quit her cheerleading career to pursue pageantry. It's interesting because now that she is on Paradise, she probably does miss Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think she's pretty cool. Yeah, I Caroline's think she's pretty like good. Every, she, everyone likes her. Yeah, um, she reminds me of Lindsay Weir from oh, Freaks totes. and Geeks. Yeah, she's got, she looks very similar. Yep, uh, that's all I could think about. <laughs> that's Caroline's take. fine. Totally I enjoyed fine. her confessionals. I like that she didn't know what dodgy meant. Yeah, is she the one who? I mean, like, I, I feel like her whole thing was just like, I'm an American. Yeah. Isn't Australia different from America? Yeah. And then Australia gets to go, oh, she's right, these bloody yanks. Like, oh. <laughs> but it's like, okay. Yeah. I have no problem with that. I'm eating it up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hi again to Canadian Daniel Candan. Yes. Okay. He described himself as the Geppetto of Paradise in 2018, and now he's back, Xavi, to Marionette. <laughs> It would be net? better if there was a woman called a net on the season, great. but yeah. it's a good joke. Or even like if there was like a really attractive like fish net. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I was interested to see how much the Geppetto thing caught on. Like I remember that being disgusting, sure, yeah. but a pretty throwaway moment. But then it, in this episode, everyone was like, "Oh, it's the Geppetto guy." Geppetto's it's back, the puppet master himself. He was either described by the women of Paradise as Geppetto or the douchebag guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone was like, mm, that I call me Pinocchio because <laughs> you're daddy or something. You know, like it was like, 
Ah, ooh, uh, I'm a real boy for you. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex Nation describes him as a condom stuffed full of peanuts. <laughs> now that is a great line. That it's is a really truly good line. It's Alex Nation's the full extent of her imagination. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's a really, really good line. I don't know and where it's that an comes description. From. I want her on the podcast. Me too. Yeah. Is Daniel a necessary inclusion for Paradise 2019? <laughs> so, okay, so we were decrying the male casting. I think this has been a real problem for this season. Yep. Uh, and I think um, it was time that there would be, you know, some new blood injected, you know, some some new men. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not what anyone was asking. For, <laughs> I and I think, like, the idea with having a, of somebody like him and particularly shepherding him in from overseas is like he's gonna stir things up like he's you know this is his reputation i think yeah being like he's a bit controversial and he's gonna oh everyone knows that he won't take a single girl he'll take someone who's already in a relationship and really stir the pot and stuff like that and it's like well yeah he does do that but also like every single other fucking man who is currently in paradise is doing that shit as well we don't need more of this i think so i think the problem is that paradise had become pretty coupled um, mm. with like, uh, you getting nothing out of Connor, you getting nothing out of American Alex. That's true. You, there, like, there's a there's a moment at the start of one of these episodes where, um, I think Flo is recapping all the couples. Yeah, and she's like, okay, so here are the couple. Well, we don't really have couples. We kind of just have like people's special bonds or whatever factions. And we have like you know Richie hanging out with Cass, but they're not strictly romantic, and they're kind of just palling around. Yeah, maybe a similar thing is happening with Connor and Shannon. You know, there's a few of these happening where it's like, okay, good point. Like something needs to change. Yeah. Especially if it'll take some of the focus off the really horrifying shit that is happening. And the other thing is that Ivan had like forcefully stopped two different men from trying to pursue Tanil by yeah. this point. You yeah. know, um, I feel like they broke glass in case of emergency because of how safe things have become in Paradise. Yeah, but that doesn't stop Daniel from being a pretty gross chauvinist. Mm. At one point, he says Tanil wears too much makeup. He says he's not head over heels looks wise with flow. Mm. He's just kind of judging these women by their appearance. The more that I think about it, the more I think that Canadian Daniel is like um, slightly more expensive. You know, like I, I think Patty is like the poor man's Canadian Daniel. Totally. Which is like they're grooming Patty to be someone that they can bring into paradise for this exact reason. Yes. To say a bunch of yucky shit that there is no doubt that it is yucky, but he will generate some, you know, buzz and, you know, I mean, part, you know, part of the show is getting reactions, as we were saying before. Totally. So not all of his reactions are going to be positive. <laughs> um, so it makes sense to have somebody like this. Maybe this is the last that we'll see of Daniel, because in future seasons they won't bother with him. I don't know. But the thing is, he's clearly got nothing else to do. Yeah, what is he doing? He says it's his fourth go in paradise. He was also on the Bachelor Winter Games, yeah. <laughs> which was an interesting little Winter Olympic spin-off um, where just a bunch of people from different bachelor franchises around the world all got together it was mostly us mm. and, and played like winter sports to win roses he's just he's a professional shit stain on this franchise yes uh and you know here he is doing the thing he's good at it right uh that's why he's here he's like he's like the um the guy who plays I don't know if it's the guy who plays C-3PO or the guy who plays Chewbacca or whatever. Yeah. Who, like, goes to all of the different 
like fan conventions and does the or like you oh, know yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm game you know I'm here to do the thing that you asked me to do and it's here like, we go here we are yeah yeah great. this is my bit I play it pretty well he exists so that people like us can go on podcasts and say what a shit he is right yeah he's I in a way he's like the bad Vin yeah he's like okay he's like Vin leaded <laughs> <laughs> okay Davy Lloyd is somehow back. <laughs> Xavier, who could have seen this coming except for the two of us two weeks in a row on we this very podcast? We definitely did talk about this, yeah. Um, is he coming back again is the, now that's the question. The, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, you know what? Fine. See him in paradise next year. Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Great. I think Shannon's chat with Osha about Davey saying that she was wife material was a bit of a curveball for these producers. Mm. Um, obviously, it was Osha denied Shannon's request to bring, uh, bring Z- Davey, your Xavier, <laughs> To bring Davey I know, it's back very at that time, Xavier. Yeah. Um, I think maybe there was probably always a bit of a plan to reinsert Davy into Paradise as soon as Flo was even vaguely coupled up. Yeah. And that's happening with Flo and Candan, kind of. Um, so they're pulling all of Davy's strings here, knowing how much that he wants to be with Flo. Mm. Cool. See him soon. Pulling strings. That's what like, he does. Yeah, like Candan. And it's a final hello goodbye to Wes. <laughs> hello goodbye, like the band. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's another thing where it was just like an ill-timed social media post on my behalf. Yeah. Where like I was like, oh, I remember when I saw that poster of Wes uh, last year when he made a pretty swift entry, sorry, swift entry and exit uh, on the Bachelorette. Um, here we go again. Do we see anything from him, Wes? So basically, Wes was not memorable at all in Ali's season, despite looking like a member of the Bennies and wearing <laughs> Scottish garb for almost the entire time. That's right. And he continues that trend by not being memorable at all in Paradise. I want to say he comes out of the limo. Oh, well, it's not a limo, but like when he arrives, I'm like, hell yes, this is just what the show needs. Yeah. This is a hunky dude. He is serving some Aquaman realness right now. This is a mood. Hashtag yes, Please, Wes, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag Wes, please. There it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a grand total of one confessional, <laughs> cannot secure a rose, mm. and may have the shortest arc of any Paradise mm. contestant it's ever. A real, you know that gif of Grandpa from The Simpsons walking in and putting his hat down? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real, like, yeah, it's a turnstile sort of situation. Very much. Mm. Uh, we also had a bunch of people threaten to leave Paradise this week, despite Wes being the only person to actually go home. Yeah. Um, it's about as big of a power move as you can make in Paradise, I think. And among the people threatening to leave, Alex Nation, Bill, Jules, Alicia, Tanil, and Ivan, while their respective partners all threatened to fight for them. Mm. This is weird. It is weird because, like, unlike the regular show, it doesn't matter. Like, right. If you leave... Okay, <laughs> you know, you're not competing for, like, some final prize. Exactly. If you remember from last year, there was one proposal, but that chi- kind of just happened because it happened. You know, it's not like if you get to the end, you will get to be with the partner, and if you don't, you don't. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, You okay, fine, you'll get to drink free cocktails on the flight home instead of in Bali. Yeah, whatever. Are they waiving their appearance fee? Like, I don't Wait, know. Wait, is it Bali? Yeah, Fiji. Fiji. Bula. Yes. Bula. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know whether um, you're waiving your appearance fee in in deciding to leave Paradise early. I assume that I you are. I guess there's like a per day 
Like yeah. Per diem. Per day per diem. Per day. Per day. Good, good, good. Per day to you too. Um, but like, yeah. The other thing that I, I just that want to talk a about. Is that threat for you to be like, fine, well, I'm not going to keep being paid getting money to be, to be here. here. Yeah, whatever. All right. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is the I'll fight for you bit of mm. this. Mm. Um, Jules says it. Bill says it. Ivan says it. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I think they're they're under some obligation to make it seem like being in paradise is the only place where love can happen. And so, like, if someone were to leave paradise, then, like, they'll never have another chance or whatever. Yeah. But, like, who was it who left and just said, like, well, you know, it didn't work out here, but, like, I'll send you a text on the outside. We'll just see. Yeah. Um, Jimmy to Alex Nation. That's right. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, we're all people. You yeah. guys are all texting anyway. He was super reasonable, and uh, he got the weird, like, cuckoo bird, like, can you believe this man saying that he could try this out? Side of paradise, yeah. But actually, imagine falling <laughs> in love with someone not on the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very weird. Mm. That covers it for our hellos and our goodbyes. Hello, oh, goodbye, goodbye. Mm. It's time to talk about all of the couples this week. <laughs> that's the last time we will talk about Wes. That's the last time we will talk about uh, what's his name? <laughs> mm. Nope. <laughs> it's gone. He came, he left. Mm. Um, let's start with Jules and Tennille. Okay. Because yeah. I think Jules and Tennille and Alicia and Candan mm. are necessary couplings before we can get to everything that happens with Jules and Alicia, which yeah. is sort of like the hinge romance. Yeah. So, I mean, Jules and uh, Alicia had a pretty promising start, which yep. we addressed last week. Both of us really liked it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they both seemed like they sort of unexpectedly fell into place and really clicked with each other. Uh, and there was some... Uh, when Tanil arrived, there was some indication that Jules perhaps was interested. He had put her on uh, his wa- wish list. I nearly said watch list. <laughs> um, perhaps he should himself be put on a watch list. <laughs> um <laughs> And so we see this sort of uncomfortable tension building between the two of them as he decides, is he going to explore things with Tennille? That's kind of where we left things, right? Yeah. And so basically we pick up with more of that. So Jules has been stewing and looking deeply forlorn for days and days. And finally, he gets his chance to talk to Tennille. And we should say, his, pro- his first chance, right? Yeah. Like, there's no pre-existing chemistry or anything. No. Like, he really is just, like, into her. We're shown them doing, like, a little chitty-chatty and a hello in the last episode, but there's no audio. So we yeah. just see them sort of, like, looking at a sunset together. Right, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now, finally, they're talking. And very quickly, Jules is like, I would commit to you without even knowing you. And he also says, I don't want that to weird you out. And then he sa- she says, it won't. We cut to an immediate confessional where Tennille says, this is very strange. Yeah, yeah. I, like, And especially for someone who has been so thoroughly creeped out by Yvonne's forcefulness, mm. um, this is the wrong approach for someone like to Tennille, for Tennille to take. Yeah. Or for Jules to take to Tennille. Right. And uh, it's just sort of like, if this wasn't too much too soon, here's this man who is also obsessed with you yeah. for some reason. Osha was pointing out on Twitter, Osha, the very cool host of the show, mm. um, was talking about on Twitter that he feels like Tennille would have had to have this these kinds of conversations so many times throughout Totes. her life, yeah. which I can definitely understand. Um, and I don't want to criticize her for the way that she handles this because it's like, you, there's so much burden put on her to like spare everybody's feelings. Yeah. Um, 
it's like just such a nightmare situation because she obviously has to tread pretty carefully. She's dealing with some like either very big egos in the case of Ivan or some very fragile egos, uh, I guess, in both cases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's really the beginning of some really yucky stuff. Yeah. Jules decides to follow his heart, which is to follow Tennille. He describes their connection as weird and sparkly and electric. I don't like that he takes this long to decide he's going to do it. Because, like, it was clear that he was tempted from minute one, but then he kind of left everything lingering really uncomfortably for what seemed like several days. Yeah, I want to like, talk about that with um, his relationship with Alicia because that's kind of like the cardinal sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the thing that really stands in his way a little bit later on. Um, I don't know necessarily that it's as impactful with his decision with Tennille mm. because... Like, as if he has gotten a chance to talk to Tennille yet anyway. He tries and tries and tries. Yeah. And Yvonne, in Tennille's words, keeps cock-blocking her. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's clearly got plenty of other shit going on. Totes. She doesn't need that yeah. uh, added into the mix. Um, so, obviously, that's pretty upsetting for Alicia. Jules dumps her kind of unceremoniously. We'll get there. Mm. Unfortunately for Jules, Tennille says in a conversation with Alex Nation and Zoe that she cannot at all see a connection with Jules. Mm. Um, she describes their date as like hanging out with a girlfriend. Yeah. By contrast to Jules's date with Alicia, mm. this is uncomfortable. Yeah, truly. Like Jules's date with Alicia was, if I were to describe it in three words, I would probably say like weird, sparkly, and electric. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily notice that connection happening with Daniil. There's a lot of silence in this date. He says can I ask you, are you feeling this? And she kind of lets him down easy again and says she's not interested. Jules says, I admire her courage for manning up and just saying it, which it took him days, as you say, to do to Alicia. Yeah. Like this is, it's, you know, in a vacuum, it's like, okay, he handled this pretty well, but it's also like, well, I mean, in the absence of dealing with some of his other problems. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's cover Alicia and Canadian Daniel now as well because it's necessary foregrounding to get to the end of what has happened with Alicia and Jules. Yeah. So Jules dumps Alicia. Yeah. Um, it's not pretty. Alicia then says she's looking for anything with a pulse. Yeah. Enter Daniel, who, despite Jules' assertion that he may be a robot, mm. does indeed appear to have a pulse. I guess so. He says, can we have a chat? And Alicia's face like melts in this sheer fit of horn dogged joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, um, yes. She is ecstatic to be on this date with him, adding in confessional, the best way to get over a guy is to get under a new one. Mm-hmm. It goes as far as to publicly thank Daniel's parents for consummating to create this rig city. <laughs> She's so great. good in This is just great. I mean, like, you don't get the sensation that there's a huge amount of uh, promise here. No. Um, I don't even necessarily think that they're all that attracted to one another. Yeah. Um, I genuinely just feel like both of them know that they'll make good t- t- TV together. Yeah, it's a horny <laughs> revenge date. Yeah. Um, I, but it's yeah. like, this is just great. This is what Paradise is all about, <laughs> I think, right? They build a raft together. She instructs Daniel to take his shirt off and warns that it's about to get sexy. Mm. Then there's this weird editing. Where <laughs> they, it's love, like, they love this shit. This is a funny joke that the editors love to make where it's like, oh, they're having sex. It's probably once a season. Yeah. I don't know if it's escalated, but it certainly happens once a season. This is the first time we've seen it this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you'll get some, like, just 
the video you don't really see much it, we're like panning shots around the island or whatever but then the audio out of context and with subtitles is like mm, tie that to me and all that, you know it's like oh that's so big or like um Finally, we find out that they are paddling on their raft. Mm. They make their way back into shore. Mm. And Alicia says that she really wants to kiss Daniel. She says that she is, uh, what is it, desperate or stinging for a kiss? I can't remember what the exact word is. Fiending for a... F- <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Banging, I don't know. Yeah. Um, she says to Daniel, I want someone who wants me. Daniel summates that Alicia is looking for a rebound... She's like, yes. She's like, yes. <laughs> In that is no correct. uncertain terms. Daniel says, I've never been a rebound before. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. What a thing to say, Daniel. <laughs> We've seen you on Paradise as a rebound. I mean, you were is, literally Nina's rebound last season. It feels like that is his his entire purpose <laughs> as a human being. Because his strategy is to go in and t- like talk to people who are already in like quote-unquote relationships. Yeah, take his shirt off and right. go from there. Um... So she offers to take charge and mm-hmm. she kisses him to like these triumphant strings. Right. Weird music. <laughs> They're like, it's real. Everybody, Believe it. It's love. Yeah. We've seen what love looks like on this show. Yeah. Between Jules and Alicia. Right. This does not look like that. No, it does not. In confessional, immediately after Alicia says there was too much tongue mm. before they head back to paradise, all loved up. And let's be real. There was way too there much was fucking so tongue. so much tongue. He was like full on licking her, the lower <laughs> half of her face. <laughs> like his mouth just became tongue. Yeah, yeah. It's very odd. I don't think that we've seen a kiss quite like that in Paradise or on The Bachelor in some time. No, yeah, that was a real two people going for it. That was like a like who dares wins type of kiss. Like it yeah. was like a Nickelodeon guts type of kiss. It's very funny. Alicia's like, my mum's watching. <laughs> But, like, not 10 seconds beforehand, she's in confessional saying, Kiss me, Daniel! Yeah, and she's going, like, things are about to get sexy. I'm hungry for a kiss. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm honey! <laughs> uh, Jules and Alicia, let's get to it. All right, yeah. We see Jules <laughs> It's just, like, crying. let's get to it, but it's just another horrible bummer. <sighs> it is a horrible bummer. Is there redemption at the end? <sighs> let's talk about it. Does that deserve to be? Uh, like, Jules is kind of lost because he doesn't know what to do with Alicia and Tennille. We see him staring off into the distance a lot, despite it being obvious to pretty much everyone that Tennille is not interested yeah. in Jules. Alicia even admits to Tennille that she is infatuated with Jules, even though he's unemployed and lives in his parents' garage. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Jules says to Alicia, I'm really into you, but I'm an idiot and I need to sort out some blockades with myself. I'm tracking, I'm aware, I'm working on a solution. <laughs> Is he an Australia Post employee chasing down a package that's stuck at a processing centre in Wagga Wagga? <laughs> it's funny because I say that, like, probably every day at my job. Like, that's a real, <laughs> that's like a real learned <laughs> phrase that I will say to stall when I've made a mistake or something's not going right. I'm tracking, I'm aware, I'm working on uh-huh. a solution. Yeah. Oh, let me... Okay, well, I'll get in contact with the people who handle that. And then, like, as soon as I hear back from them, I will get back in touch with you. Alicia gives him chance after chance. Mm. And he just keeps her waiting. Mm. This is the thing that we've been talking about. Taking away her agency is such a problem. Alicia makes the point that all of this has been on Jules's terms. Right. And that's his big mistake, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, because I think if she was trying this shit with him, uh, you know, if 
situations were the other way around, he would just fucking move on immediately. It's an exis. He's exercising power in mm. um, an unwitting way, mm. but uh, like a really poor way at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you maybe again not to psychoanalyze, but maybe see his inexperience in relationships here. I mean, you hope that this is something that people learn and get better at. Yeah, you know, that uh, this can be correctable. Yeah. And I think with someone like Jules, hopefully it is. Yeah. We see that he's at least got the emotional intelligence to realize that he's upset Alicia. Yeah. And that that upsets him. Yeah. But is it like um, a little girl yelling at her brother because she lost his favorite thing? You know, yeah. his footy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know. You want him to get better, I think. Whereas with Yvonne, where you just kind of want him to, like, fall off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting for Jules still. Yeah. Even yeah. though he is doing the wrong thing. But also, like, I sequence. have so much sympathy for anyone who has abandoned all hope for him. Yeah. Because, like, we don't... We shouldn't make time for these types of people, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, as much as we want them to learn and grow and want Jules, to provide a space in which they can do that. Yeah. Um, just get out of here, man. I, yeah, and I mean, to be real, like, uh, the only reason I want Jules to learn and grow is because I see myself in him. Yeah. You know? And also, sometimes he likes our posts on Instagram, so if we say anything bad about him, he won't be our friend. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, mercifully, he finally decides to break up with Alicia. Mm-hmm. They get a beer. They have the chat. Jules in confessional describes it as a goodbye chat. I just want to know if there has ever been a more brutal way of breaking up with someone than the way, like, just the phrasing that he uses when he decides to break up with Alicia. This is rough. Because he's getting, he's nervous and he's getting tangled up in his words, I guess. <sighs> but, like, I almost feel like this is his way of being diplomatic is not using, like, the official terms or something. Imagine someone saying to you, in terms of me wanting to emotionally pursue you, I'm electing to not. <laughs> like, that's so... It's not even... I would class it as clinical because it's so unfeeling, but it's not even economical with its words. Oh, like, like he's he's fucking chopping wood with a cheese knife. <laughs> you know, like, it's graceless. It's yeah. so blunt. It takes forever. Yeah. My word. Yeah. And you don't even get any cheese afterwards. Uh, <laughs> Alicia <laughs> rightly calls him out on this, by the way, for taking so long... To make his decision. Yeah. She's so forthright in that conversation and it's tough to get her watch... To, it's tough to watch her get so bluntly ditched. Mm. It is at this exact moment that Wes walks in and Alicia gets up, walks away from Jules and deadpans by Jules <laughs> before embracing Wes. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And if this is the reason why Wes is here, then like, brother. You great. Know, great. And like, Wes fulfilled his purpose on the show mm. by simply showing up. Yeah, by being in a room at a point in time. At the same time as Alicia. Which, like, when you consider how long he was in any rooms, you know, like, he's got incredible timing. Yeah. Oh, it was... <laughs> it was really, really good. Mm. Um, I think I think Jules is trying to do the right thing here. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and that's, that's the redemptive part of this. Sure. I think that his intention was to do the right thing by Alicia, but he was being so fucking greedy about it in yeah. trying to pursue Tennille. Yeah, and he wasn't being honest with himself that that was what he wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I think he was pretending that he didn't realize there was a connection with Alicia. Yeah. Um, And he was figuring out the most graceful way that he could do something pretty shitty. Yeah. I think he probably knew it was pretty shitty. Yep. Uh, and at the end of the day, like, if you're making the decision to do that, 
like be upfront about it. Yep. Just say, hey, listen, this is Bachelor in Paradise. I feel like we've got a cool, good connection, but also like there's this other person who I would like to go speak with. I hope it's not a big deal. Give me 15 minutes. Like, you know, because yeah. like, it turns out she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. And that's part of the problem. And I think he tried to have that conversation uh, last episode in the hammock. And like, he's trying to sort of like keep her on the line at the same time. Yeah. This is when she cries. Jules, like he just fucks up by taking it so long. He comes up, comes off as like this aspirational greedy guards. Yeah. Uh, and, and what it is, is like by taking it this seriously, yeah. and by taking himself so seriously... Uh, that is, too. Yeah, he is making this so much worse than it needs to be. Yeah. Because as we are, hope, you know, as the show is hoping that we have forgotten, this is like over the period of a week or whatever. Yeah. Like, these relationships aren't set in stone. If you're upfront and honest about it, like people are going to understand. Do you know what the thing I think, if there is um, something for him to grow and learn from, it will be watching the show back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have uh, an inclination that he will watch this on the show and be like, oh, that's what love looks like. Right. Yeah. You know? He'll be like, oh, And it will yeah. fuck him up. That was a whole thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not done. No. Just quickly. <laughs> Jules is dumped by Tennille. Mm-hmm. Um, and he once again decides that maybe now is the time to try it on with Alicia. <laughs> So this is pretty rough. It's pretty bad. It's pretty rough because, like, this is a difficult move for anyone to try and attempt. Yeah. But, like, Jules seems so anxious and he's so inexperienced. And, like, in order to navigate people's emotions in this way, you have to be pretty in tune with what they're expecting and what they deserve (laughs) in this situation. Yeah. And I just don't think he's quite there. Like, you know, uh, this is no slight against him, I guess, but... It's pretty rough to watch. Like, he's come out of the kiddie pool and now he's diving triple backflip for the gold medal. Yeah, exactly. She says to him that if she has any self-respect, she won't give him her rose. They both cry a lot. He kind of, I think, at this point, sort of accepts his fate. But then hmm. at the rose ceremony... It seems like it's all over. And yeah. then at the rose ceremony, Jules is like, um, Asha... Um, I'm going to try this one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, mm, it seems important. And I'm like, come on, bathroom break. Because it cuts to an outbreak. I'm like, what could it be? What has Jules got up his sleeve? <laughs> he pulls Alicia aside and he says, we have a connection. Give me another chance. I want you. Mm. She says, Jesus Christ, you know how to make a woman's life difficult. Walks him back to the rose ceremony, and then after Osha twice coaxes Alicia first to pick up the rose, and then to just say a name. Yeah, she picks Jules instead of Wes. So I wonder if these, like Osha saying, "It's time for you to pick a name. It's time for you to pick up the rose." If that just happens every single time, and it's cut so that in moments like this they can then use it. Interesting. Like because I've heard that these rose ceremonies take hours and hours to film. Me too. So maybe they're just literally just standing there. They're all working on the lighting or whatever. Like they're yeah. moving cameras around, and then they're going, "Okay, uh, Alicia, it's time for you to pick up the rose." But then with all these dramatic strings and stuff like that, it's like, "Jesus, Alicia, oh my God, what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so 
But yeah, but she picks Jules. She picks when Jules. Where's this right there? Where's this right there? And what's his name? We've Mac, seen their by embrace. the way. I figured out his name. Yes. <laughs> is not, like I thought I didn't remember Mac's name being called because why would you? Yes. I, I thought he was the one who was going to be sent home. And then like Wes gets sent home. I'm like, oh yeah, Wes is there. Oh, Wes, yeah. But that means Mac got through. How did that happen? Do you remember who picked Mac? Flo did. Flo picked Mac. That's yes. right. Yeah. We don't worry. I got a whole section on <laughs> oh, it. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so Alicia gets back to paradise. She is so shitty with Jules, but she's still so clearly enamored with Jules. Yeah. She is comforted by Alex Nation. And do you remember when Alex Nation is like, she's like, she says to Alex Nation, I hate him. And Alex Nation's like, yeah, but you adore him. Yeah. And that's the crux of the issue. Yeah. Is that Alicia has fallen for all of the good qualities of Jules. Mm. And Jules has just flaunted all of this shit all over paradise. Yeah. Yeah. She goes on a date with Candan and Jules wisely seeks the counsel of Bill Mm. and Nathan. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He turns to his friends in paradise. And that's the thing. They are mates, which is like one of the most daunting, de- like dooming characteristics, I think. is like, is this who he's getting his advice from? Because like, if you think about him as an inexperienced person or whatever, mm. like you would hope that maybe he would get a better un- sense of understanding of these types of situations. Can he call his dad? Or right. Like, yeah. Talk to Osha. Yeah. Talk to Wise. Shannon did it. Yeah. True. Yeah. Talk to Shannon. Like, <laughs> come on. There's so many people. Look at the- Paradise's most se- successful relationship. Uh-huh. Emulate that. Right. I will say, uh, Bill's advice is not not much. He says, grab a bottle of champagne, see if you can act, see what happens. No regrets. But Nathan in this scene is really good. Mm. He says, you owe it to her not to be in a relationship with anyone else. That's why she picked you. You owe it to her to really, really seriously pursue this. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah. Which is true. Like, if you wanted... Like, if you made this mistake and if you fought to get back here, like, do not fuck it up. Yeah. Give it the respect it deserves. A hundred percent. And that's what he decides to do, except... Alicia's on this date with Candan. Right. And they amble back into paradise. And it's a and shame because they're made for each other. Right? <laughs> Alicia is so excited to rub this in Jules's face. <laughs> yeah. She says in confessional that she wants to make it obvious to Jules that she's macked on with the shirtless Canadian. <laughs> and somewhere else in paradise, Mac is like, what? Sorry. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I heard my name. <laughs> Jules is devo at this. He yeah. does a really good face to camera, but it's revealed that like 10 minutes later in Alicia's words, he sweeps her up, Richie's broom, <laughs> and takes her on a date because he has set up off to the side. There's a bonfire that he can't light. <laughs> Alicia has to help him with it. <laughs> you can hear the music. He apologizes. Yeah. They kiss. Mm-hmm. The strings rise. There's symbols for some emphasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's romantic, and they're telling it, telling us that it's meaningful. We're meant to forget ob- about old mate Canadian Daniel, the mayor of Rig City. <laughs> Do you buy it? Well, like I didn't buy Alicia and Candan. No, like that to me is not a thing. But I also feel like if Alicia's got, uh, well, I don't know. I could kind of go either way, but I kind of don't see Alicia settling back in. Yeah, and just forgiving and forgetting. Really, I don't think so either. Mm. I hope. I have a feeling there will be, you know, you know, because it's like fucking four episodes this week. One of those episodes will be centered around them going, "Look, <laughs> I've had a bit of a think, and uh, I don't think this is really I'm gonna." Not sure, if on the outside we can. Yeah. I 
my prediction is that they will be the couple who will give Paradise their happy ending. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that by the end of it, even if they fuck it up three times this week, mm-hmm. they'll get back together and try something in the outside world. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Mm. Um, you could well be right. And it could be one of those things where it's like once the cameras are off and once all of this like nightmare is sort of dying down a mm. little bit, they might actually, as human beings... Because it seemed like they were having a pretty genuine connection at the beginning. Yeah. If they can be like, look... A lot of shit happened on the island. Yeah. Let's not fucking talk about it. Oh, actually, do you know what? Um, here's a question that I have for you. Uh-huh. It might be a bit spoilery. Mm. Let's, uh, if you are listening and you don't want to get spoiled on whether or not Alicia and Jules get together, mm-hmm. maybe we're about to spoil that. I don't know. Fast okay. forward 30 seconds. Sure. Our mutual friend who went on a date with Alicia. Oh, yes. When did that happen? Uh, that would have been after. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, we still have like 20 seconds. What do we say <laughs> while those people are gone? Uh, Avengers spoilers. Uh, no, I shouldn't. You haven't seen it, right? Mm. I don't, I've not I've not watched a single Avenger. It's got superheroes in it. Oh, sick. Yeah, one of them throws a punch. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, one of them can like fly, I think. My word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say who, though. Okay, I don't want to... Um, Hulk is green! Oh, that is some really hot mm-hmm. intel. Speaking of hot intel... <laughs> Hi, welcome back, listeners. Richie has a fun time defining a word this week. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> this is like his big moment of the week, This right? happens on his date with Caroline. Uh-huh. Fuck, I'm glad Richie's back. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Richie is one of the blander people you'll ever have the likelihood of seeing on television. Yeah. But just every now and then... He pops. Yeah, he pops. There's some weird idiosyncrasy to him that is like... I think maybe it's because he's this very blank canvas of a human being yeah. who like 90% of the time is doing absolutely nothing for anyone apart mm-hmm. from maybe the rig thing. Yeah. Um, he's but hot. then But he's hot, sure. But then he's just like a little odd and it's just like, what planet is he from? Because he's not a complete oddball. He is for the most part very regular. He says a lot of quite normal things. He has a fairly average viewpoint. He's like... What what is it? He's Taylor, a normal, true neutral nice guy who walks down the mines. Yes, yeah, he's fine. But then every now and then, I every don't know if so it's like, often. I don't know if it's like when you're a miner. Every now and then, you'll occasionally like strike oil uh-huh. or, or a diamond or whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, some little thing happens, and the producers are just like, "Yeah, this is Richie. This is our guy." Yeah, um, he might even be a little bit extemporaneous. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I can't remember how the word comes up. Uh, Richie asks Caroline, mm. uh, who he goes on a date with, um, if she likes extemporaneous men. And the the thing is with Caroline, as we mentioned before, that her thing is like she doesn't al- understand a lot of Australian slang yeah. and euphemisms and that kind of thing. So she's just like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't <laughs> get all this. Is this Australian slang? It's like oh, this is just a long word. Richie's just gone for the thesaurus. Yeah. And he's like, so extemporaneous means done without preparation. Mm. Rich ironically says that it takes him a while to think of how that word goes. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really good. This is a good time. Let's talk about Richie uh, because he's got a slew of relationships uh, on the go this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two is a slew, I've decided. (laughs) First one is with Cass. Yeah. It's ongoing in paradise. This is like a long, slow burning sort of... Possibly not burning. Yeah. Or, I don't know, it's like warm coals. Yeah, it's fine. Or like a warm Woolworths, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There is still no kissing in their relationship. Yeah. Fine. It's fine. Maybe the, like, ultimate arc 
for them will be that they kiss in the final episode. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Uh, Richie kissed a bunch of women in Paradise, but he's now decided, or in um, his season of The Bachelor, right, but he's now decided that he's not that guy anymore. Yeah. We remember Alex Nation making fun of him for that last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, um, like, I, I feel like that's a fairly, like, he made that choice probably before even coming to the island. Was totes. like, I did a lot of this. If I'm going to come back to the island, if I'm going to be the first bachelor in paradise yeah um i've got to take my foot off the accelerator a little bit and like that seems like a fairly it's sensible smart. choice yeah because otherwise it's just gonna be like who is this fuck boy who is just like going like he's just going on shows still so he can going on. and being sleazy yeah. he's done a good job yeah um so Cass describes her lack of kissing to alicia in painful detail before alicia is the one who finally gives Cass her first kiss in paradise mm-hmm and Look, it's not the incredible like representation that we're necessarily looking for, or whatever. <laughs> it's not like oh, now like half of everyone on the fucking island is by or whatever. Yeah, but it's just like this is a fun, playful, it's nice funny. moment. Yeah, sure. Uh, then Richie goes on a date with Caroline. Cass is pretty like upset or whatever. She talks to mm. Connor uh, about how she misses him, and then when Richie gets back from his date, he whisks Cass away. Full credit to Richie for kind of fulfilling his obligation on the date with Caroline, which we'll discuss now, but mm. also doing the right thing by Cass. Yeah, I think he um, like has a good time with Caroline on the date, yep. but also I think he mentions that he had Cass in the back of his mind. Or That's whatever. right, and he even says it to her. Yeah, yeah. So like, twice. he plays it pretty well. It's a good job by Richie. Yeah. Um, so Richie and Caroline starts by Richie talking about shitting himself and <laughs> Caroline getting caught as a Mile High Club member. <laughs> Obviously, this leads to uh, Caroline offering him a date. Yeah. To which he says... He's basically like, hi, nice to meet you. Did you know I once shat myself? Uh, Let me tell you all about (laughs) it. Let me tell you about the shooting myself. Yes. It's funny. Mm. Uh, Caroline asks Richie out on the date and he says, I'm sure. And then, yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. Before explaining his connection with Cass. Mm -hmm. Uh, On their date, Caroline then describes Richie as witty and charming. Mm. Did she mean to say shitty and charming? <laughs> uh, by comparison, mm. this is a good date. Sure, yeah. This is nice. Why not? Yeah. Richie says that he's going to show Caroline what an Aussie dude can do as he does his best karate moves. <laughs> the traditional Australian <laughs> sport of karate. <laughs> it is like, th- I, am I right in remembering this is probably the first good taste of Caroline that anyone gets? Like, this is yep. basically our introduction to her as well. Very much. So it's like, this feels good because it's like, well, we know Richie. He's going to do some Richie stuff. And then we can yeah. just look at Caroline and think about what she's going to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Caroline says, I honestly like being around Richie. We hear the soft piano music as they're playing on the kayaks. Mm. She pushes him and Richie flops like a soccer player. <laughs> Uh, but as they sit on the bachelor couch, it's apparent that there's nothing there. Richie says that he's really keen on Cass, and that's that for Caroline. Sure, yeah. Nice date, good resolution, all makes sense. She swiftly moves on to yeah. Amex. Sure. Let's talk about this now. I think it was a huge risk by the producers to put two Americans in paradise. Yeah. One, um, well, well, you know, one male, one female. Yeah. You know, both who are... Uh, destined to be together, I they would say. They know right? each other from the outside world. Yeah. They were on the last season of Paradise together. And lo and behold, they have gotten together. There's a quick scene of Truth or Dare where Caroline says that she's most attracted to Amex. Mm. And then they're coupled up and given no screen time. Yeah. Here is my prediction. Yes. This is the big couple at the end. Interesting. I predict that... Um, 
we have been given an incredibly glowing edit of Amex. He's great. Perhaps for this reason. That's not to say that he's not great, because yeah. I do feel like he is one of the better men there. Him and um, Connor. But, well, yeah, Connor as well. Isn't yeah. it interesting that Australia's men have nothing to offer? Except ah. those of you that you'll find in your podcast feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I feel like it is like the producers are going to realize that they fucked up because this is going to be the best and strongest relationship at the end. Yeah. And no one in Australia gives a shit. That's it. There's Nobody cares because there's no emotional investment for mm. a general Australian audience. Like, yeah. if you have... If you are part of Bachelor Nation, right, yeah, and you've yeah. watched The Paradises and know who everyone is, cute. Nice. Yeah. I think it's like they've tried to set up Amex as much as they can, try yep. to give him a bunch of screen time. And obviously, like, with Caroline, she has only just shown up, so there's not that much that they could do. But I feel like over the next few episodes, um, we will see a bit more of that. This is my prediction, completely baseless, and I will be proven wrong in less than <laughs> seven days. So let's see. Okay. Uh, the next person that we should talk about is Nathan. Sure. So, he has two things on the boil. One's with Sunil and one's with Zoe. Mm-hmm. He's been floating around a little bit, I guess. Mm, I think we like Nathan overall. Generally speaking. Yeah. He uh, has been caught up in a bunch of the slightly less savory stuff um, that has been going on, but I think largely not his fault. I think so, too. He... Um, the thing, the duality of Nathan is that um, when we get him in <laughs> the confessional... duality of Nathan. <laughs> it's just your self-help book. <laughs> like, when we get him in confessional or when we get him in one-on-ones with these women, generally he's pretty astute. Yeah. Um, and you kind of forget that he's 23 years old. Yeah. Other times, mm. he's 23 years old. Particularly if he's like in a big group setting with a bunch of boys. Yeah. He really... Blends in with the pack. He um, does not speak out against, you know, wrongful activities or whatever. Totally, like, His yeah. morals don't seem to matter as much in that setting. That's it. Which, like, maybe he's intimidated by the extremely big men, like, swarming around And older him. men. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. He is, like, you don't look at him and think necessarily, like, fish out of water or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, he is the youngest and one of the smaller, I mean, like, Mac Comparatively, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can understand him having a bit of complex about that. Yeah, like he's he is the youngest cast member, yeah. and I think overall Nathan has done a pretty great job this season. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about his his shortcomings with Zoe in a moment. Yeah, let's first talk about what happens with his expression of interest in Tennille mm-hmm. and how and where that goes frightfully wrong. Mm. Um, so it's a group setting yeah. in front of Ivan. And they're sort of like, Nathan, do you have any interest in anyone? Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like, well, yeah, I do. And Tennille's there, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of like implied that it's not Zoe. Yeah. And Tennille's like, okay, let's go off and have a chat because I want to have a chat to you about this. Mm-hmm. And we sort of think that it's Tennille that he yeah. might have some interest in. Mm. And in confessional, Tennille's like, look, it's really nice that he trusts me like this. I've got an interest in Nathan. This is lovely. Mm. But she c- says that she thinks that he's attractive and, like, she likes his energy or whatever. Yeah. This is all intercut with, like, the two horrible men fighting over which one of them will marry her or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty Shakespearean. It really. is. It really is. Yeah. Um, I actually just much watched... A, a like in dignity, but lack of dignity. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching... Um, Fan Sense... Paradise, where we lay our scene. Sorry. <laughs> I was just watching uh, uh, Sense and Sensibility. Oh, yeah. Um, the Ang Lee um, adaptation of the Jane Austen movie. And I was thinking, like, God, this is actually kind of quite topical with the, like, um, you know, all the, like, 
dowries and the, the, the suitors like yeah. yeah it's um i mean i was watching dumb and dumber okay great yeah also <laughs> and similarly, I thought that's also topical yeah truly mm. um, have you seen tim burton's dumb and dumber <laughs> <laughs> so nathan pulls castaway to confirm that uh he is about to ask Tennille on a date. He mm-hmm. does have a date card. He wants to use it to give it to Tennille. And he basically is like seeking confirmation bias from Cass that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Tennille also pulls him aside. Yeah. And is like, you taking me? Yeah. And he's like, I don't think so. Yeah. She's, She's like, like, great. Please, awesome. Cool. Please I would, do that. I'm blinking twice right now because I would like to be taken from this. Yeah. Horrific setting. And also she's into him. Yes. Both of those things. Mm-hmm. And, this is where Ivan comes in. We've talked about it above. He intimidates Nathan into not picking Tennille. He mm. says, be afraid, mate. Mm. And Nathan <laughs> is instead strong-armed into taking Shannon. Yeah. Later in Completely the week. Completely out of the blue. Like, it's Troy, so funny. Shannon is... I'm not saying she's, like, taken, but she's got no interest. She's largely spoken for right. in Paradise. Yeah. yeah. But, but even if she weren't, like, there is no... They haven't talked... Like, there's nothing no. going on. Let's cover their date now before we go back to Tennille. This is a bit of a, a process reversal, but do you know what? We're in charge. Yeah, Fuck yeah, it. yeah. Um, this date is so funny. Nathan picks Shannon, mm-hmm. and she's like, sorry, for what? <laughs> and he's like, a date. And she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, one of those? Yeah, okay. Yeah. She kisses Connor on the way out. That's more or less all you need to know. Yeah. Um, in a confessional over footage of them sitting very still and silent on the date, Nathan says... This date sucks hard. We can't even look at each other. It sucks. <laughs> and there are crickets. That's it, right? That's all that it is. <laughs> we spent like 20 seconds on this date. It's a great comedy beat. It's great. Yeah. I wonder like the how much they would have spent on whatever actually happened on this date. Because mm-hmm. like they have to budget for all the dates being actual dates that they can film, right? Yeah. They would have hired a film crew and lighting people and sound people. Totally. And they just are like... All right, we have the day off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put some cameras on this and that'll be... Like, yep. is there even any zoom-ins or camera movement or cuts? So. They probably just set up one camera on a couch and we're like, here you go. Yeah. yeah. They did have to pay all those crickets, though. Ah. <laughs> Later in the week, Nathan and Tennille have a chat where Nathan expresses frustration that he can't talk to Tennille because Ivan would get upset. Mm. In confessional, he says it's not fair of Ivan to claim Tennille as his, which is accurate. And Tennille says that Nathan's revelation makes her want to cry. Yeah. That's kind of where we leave things. Mm. This is one of the most open questions of Paradise for this week. Where is Nathan's rose coming from? And is it from Tennille? Mm. I hope so. Yeah. It's certainly not coming (laughs) from Zoe. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, not a lot happens with Nathan and Zoe at this time in Paradise. At one point, he climbs a tree to get her a coconut, and it seems like that's enough for him to get her rose. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's fair trade, coconut for a rose. Yeah. yeah. Plants. Um, <laughs> and then finally, Zoe sits Nathan down and basically asks for a lay of the land. She says, like, two days ago, you were this beautiful boy who I was smitten with. Mm-hmm. Nathan says he's not interested. To which Zoe replies, I've heard this from literally everyone else in Paradise before I heard it from you. Yeah. She also accuses him of sucking up with the coconut <laughs> to secure his rose. Yeah, which is essentially what happened. Right? Pretty much true. Yeah, yeah she like, calls him out. Yeah. Um, it's not the most egregious sin that we can you can imagine happening in Paradise. Yeah. But it's also just like, oh, leave her alone. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he could have... This is one of those learnable moments where he could have done this a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she says, I feel like you've kept me on a string and let me down. I'm the first person you told... I'm the first person you should have told. Mm. I deserve so much more than this. Yeah. In confessional, she says, I've been besotted by Nathan since I got here and it sucks to be let down. Was she? Mm. Do you recall a date between Zoe and Connor after she had chatted to both Nathan and Connor? Uh, Yeah, that's true. And she picked Connor? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just put a little bit of... um, I'm going to Salt Bay a little little sprinkling Sprinkle of a doubt, doubt. Yeah, yeah on yeah. that one he says I'm sorry that it got back to you before I could say it to you and then she sends him packing with his sail- with this towel between his legs she says just leave Nathan she calls him a waste of space mm. what do you make of this um yeah look I don't have a real problem with either of them yeah um I like both of them and I don't think either of them have been 100% like truthful yeah. or like the best in this exchange yeah but good on Zoe for calling out shitty behavior. Yeah. Um, and bad on Nathan for behaving in a shitty way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's about it yeah. for that, really. Which leaves us with Paradise's most <laughs> impenetrable will they, won't they, Mac and Flo. Oh, boy. This is the one that had everyone tuning in this week. This is the one that I tossed and turned at night thinking, are they going to make it work? Are are these two lovebirds ever going to, you know, (laughs) tear down the walls between them and (sighs) finally see the truth about each other's love? So Mac walks into paradise (laughs) and Flo is like outwardly unimpressed. She's like, oh, it's that one? Oh, I know that one. I don't want that one. Yes. She, it's, she's thought, very funny. She's so cutting in. She says something like, I thought there was just a moth, like a bug <laughs> on my TV when I was watching Sophie Mock's season of The Bachelorette. She doesn't say that. It would have been good. It would have been funny. Yeah. Um, so he, for some reason, then tries very, very sheepishly to secure his rose from Flo mm. and also to kind of start something with her. I don't remember Like, isn't a little love or what we all want? <laughs> and she laughs in his face <laughs> for so much as attempting this. Yeah. But then she gives him a rose anyway. Yeah. Well, like, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, we weren't shown much of this from what I can recall. Mm. Or maybe we were and I just don't remember nah, it. Nah, we weren't. I feel bad for just stacking on Mac, but like... Max on, Max on, Max on, Max <laughs> Max on, Max on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing to say about this dude. Yeah, I wanted him to get a guitar out. Like, I just, I just, yeah. Oh, if he, if all he is is a joke to me, I at least want him to do some of the jokes. Yeah, I don't even really remember that happening. He's just kind of like a weird sort of tertiary background character. He's like an extra. Yeah, he's like a seat warmer in paradise. His arc is I've never gotten a rose, right. or rather, never gotten a date, mm. and will we'll see. I? And <laughs> he. Probably won't. Uh, later, uh, Flo says that she wishes Davy Lloyd was there mm. and deadpans that she is madly in love with Mac. Uh-huh. It's clear that this was a pity rose and yeah. nothing else. Mm. But love can blossom. <laughs> love you know, you may indeed blossom. Can you imagine if we get to the end of the season and it's Mac who is giving Flo his rose? <laughs> He's down on one knee. <laughs> 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 He's like... <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. You, you, you this time. <laughs> Will you Mac me the happiest man alive? <laughs> Will you, 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 <laughs> Mac me, 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 me? 
Uh, no. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> um, is there anyone left? That's it. That's we it. covered we ended off on a bang. all of Paradise's big names. Yeah. We did indeed end with the biggest. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? Well... <laughs> We go to iTunes and leave a positive review and a five star rating. And thank uh, you so much. Make we sure would we love subscribe. That. That'd be awesome. Because mm-hmm. we actually did come here to make friends. Um, we're also on social media at boh pod on Twitter and Instagram. And when you see it, do you pronounce it Bopod? When I see it, I say, "Wow, what a great internet!" <laughs> yes, please give me more of that. Hook it to my veins. Hook it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't strictly say the name of the thing very often. All right. Yeah. Uh, I pronounce it my favorite web page. There it is. I pronounce it bookmark number one. <laughs> um, actually, it's just autofill because I go on there quite a bit. Mm, it's good. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen this week. It's finale week. There's an episode airing on Sunday and yep. then three throughout the week. God. We're going to figure out how best to cover that as it comes. <laughs> Um, so you'll either be hearing one or two more of our episodes in the uh, coming days. Yeah. Um, I wish us all the very best. <laughs> oh God, I wish <laughs> us all it to good ourselves. luck. Yeah. yeah with um, this final week, I my predictions are these: one, Ivan gets sent home. Yeah. Um, two, finally, uh, Bill is outed and Alex Nation walks away. I would love a bit of a, a conclusion to that, yeah. Me too. Mm. Um, Nathan and Tennille becomes uh, Paradise's hottest couple, mm-hmm. and uh, Flo finally hooks up with David Lloyd. Okay. I predict uh, Blake Garvey... Great. <laughs> ...swings open the doors. <laughs> He's like, Sam Fro... Oh. Oh. And I predict whatever the name of that guy who dabbed was... Eden? Yeah. No, 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 no. Not Eden. He was less of a person than Eden. But I think he arrived around the same time. No, I've got no clue. No, there's no way. Well, let's let's all cast our mind back 20 episodes. He was fabulous. listen through the archives. uh, Remind us who that charming man was. Um, Okay. (laughs) Don't give me that look. Wait. Okay. So here is is my ultimate prediction. Mm Mm-hmm. Waboom in paradise. Oh boy! <laughs> if you don't know what this is, uh, this is my parting gift to you for this oh, episode. W a h b o o m, bachelor bachelorette. Just pop that into your Google. Yeah, I mean, if you thought because he was on Bachelor in Paradise as well, mm. if you thought there was some annoying shit happening, not just in Paradise but also on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> just wait until you see the black hole of charisma. No, you know what? He has charisma. He is bad, and I don't like what he does with it, but yep. he has charisma. Um, can we stop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sleepy. Good night, everybody. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bula- oh, no, we haven't established we haven't that. Established goodbye. That's yeah. also goodbye. 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 Running out of time. Make the most of what's before me. Searching for a sign. Hi listeners, uh, it's me, Max Q here. I just want to say that I've done some research and the man who had dabbed was named Hayden.
Hayden. Will we Hayden Hayden? I thought we loved him. I thought he was good. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right, goodbye.